myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. October baseball, October baseball, we'll be here after September. October baseball, October baseball, we'll be here after September. The playoff pitchers get much clearer. Who will win and who will lose? We'll find out soon enough which team will you choose. It's October baseball, October baseball, we'll be here after September. October baseball, October baseball, we'll be here after September. No job too big, no team too small. For October baseball, it's on a roll. So here we go, October baseball, oh, oh, oh. October baseball, oh, 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 oh. October baseball, yeah. Welcome to the Long Gone Podcast. It's me, Michael, and with me as always, S-Man. What up? Steve Ford. How's it going, man? It's going. Should we playing. go to the lookout tower and solve some cases? <laughs> you really committed to that song, man. Thanks, thanks. You committed. You know, you know, I've been quite the Paw Patrol fan here for the last one. My daughter's nine. Well, she's kind of not watching Paw Patrol much anymore. But yeah, since she was, what, two or three? Okay. Yeah, so it's been about a solid five, six-year run for uh, Paw Patrol. For me. Now, now it's fading away? It's kind of slowly fading away. It'll still be on the TV in the morning when we're getting ready for school, but she doesn't really pay attention to it. I think I do that mostly for myself, you know, because in my mind, sometimes she's still only like five years old. Right. So I pop on the Nick Jr. as we're getting ready, even though she pays little to no attention to it when it's uh, when we're uh, doing our morning stuff. So. Well, yeah, and the song that you chose for it or the uh the theme it, it, <laughs> did it take you long to like come up with the song well you know what this was actually one of the easier ones <laughs> uh so like you know as i told you last week i was like well we got one more show left in september so mm-hmm. we're gonna have september somewhere in the lyrics and uh i was like let me try some i'll try and do something different and yeah sure enough i was like you know what we'll go with a little theme song here for uh for paw patrol and then i just uh threw, threw it together and uh yeah, it's actually pretty easy. Wow. Well, there it is again, everybody. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Little the behind the scenes, you know, right? little BTS. Little with, uh, BT- exactly. With well, and it's funny because usually, like I, I've told you before, I'll usually do the song is usually the last thing for a rundown that I'll come up with. Mm-hmm. But this time it was one of the first things that I came up with. So uh, we'll, we'll change the pace there. We'll change the pace, a little Paw Patrol yeah. action. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, Headlines are pretty short this week. I mean, for the most part, I mean, you yeah. are talking October baseball. It's right around the corner. Yeah. I mean, this we're in this home stretch. That's it. The last season. Week of the season. That's it, man. This is man. this is it, man. It flew by this year. It really did. Really flew it's by. It's been crazy. I mean, but, you and I, I mean, there's been tons of surprises, right? We could talk about yep. the Orioles rise in the East. Nope. We can talk the how well i mean I, I guess it wouldn't be shitty for the for the al central because they've been shitty for a long time but the texas yeah. rangers doing yep. a lot better chicago cubs jump starting yep. the their resurgence push. of the reds the resurgence of the reds right yep. right yep. right the arizona diamondbacks X. taking off from rebuilding forever so it's been kind yep. of an interesting year for the most part i mean there's been some new heroes some old heroes some fallen heroes uh yep. Which speaking of fallen heroes, we want to kind of want to start this at the top. It yeah. kind of I kind of put this in the middle of the headlines, but I kind of put it to the top because I think it's 
incredibly sad and i think it's something that we need to talk about but that's mm. the the human vacuum cleaner himself uh brooks, brooks robinson has passed away man i can't believe it i mean uh, yeah. he's 86 you know lived, lived a solid long life but more and more we've talked about this when hank aaron passed and all this the, the greats of the game are just are going away and it's right. kind of sad uh, you know, as as you think about it and, and see it, spent his whole career in Baltimore, obviously. Right. Uh, you know, s- some great nicknames, like you said, the human vacuum cleaner. They called him Mr. Hoover, mm-hmm. and obviously Mr. Oriole because of his. Um, he's pretty much the, the one of the faces of the Orioles franchise. What a lazy but. nickname, right? Because <laughs> like, like talking about Mr. Oriole, <laughs> right? It is, yeah, because it's because didn't the Tigers Mr. Tiger, Mr. Okay. Tiger for Al Kaline? Yeah. You can say Mr. Yeah. Dodger. <laughs> Mr. Di- Brave, like come on, <laughs> lazy ass nickname. Yeah, do better, <laughs> yeah, do better, fans. <laughs> oh man, but what? Yeah, what a career. One of my um, favorites. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah, I, I picked up quite a, a couple of uh, Brooks Robinson cards during our singles nights uh, to add mm-hmm. to uh, you know my collection. Just a fun player. It's always great, you know, YouTubing his uh, his plays and stuff. You know. Just, an amazing talent, eighteen-time All Star. Obviously, won the two World Series with with Baltimore in '66 and '70. Won the Earl, MVP. The Earl yep, Weaver with, years, yep, yeah. Yep, sixteen-time Gold Glove winner. Not only that, he won those all consecutively. Mm-hmm. I mean, just unbelievable. Um, just uh, yeah, yeah, Roberto Clemente Award winner. I think uh, for one of the first ever Roberto Clemente Award winners on, in '72. So right, and an early sign of what's to come for him I and mean, financially he was mm-hmm. kind of just not there i mean financially he was very he, let's just say he was a very nice he gave a lot yes he, he gave did. a lot he took a lot of risks this yep. was kind of one of the early cases of spending all your money on bad investments yep. and and he did that he borrowed money to a lot of friends he yep. he did started businesses that never really took off and right. he was kind of broke i mean for a lot of mm-hmm. his life he after baseball he was broken i mean yep. thank god he was a legend because that right. kind of carried his his name kind of carried him throughout his life but yeah but he was a very generous guy and that shouldn't be that sh- that should be noted of course yep. yep yeah i i yeah i agree um you look at his stats though i mean i look at his stats and there's nothing my because i kind of go off the governors right i kind of go yep. off there's a base i need to see if right. that puts you in the upper echelon and it has to mm. be you need to have over three thousand hits Nope. Uh, you need Sorry. to have over a 300 average. Nope. Right. 500 home <laughs> runs. The, the, nope. I'm talking about these are the elites elites. Yes. Yes. Uh, runs batted 1500. Nope. And he and he came in under all those. Not this. That's not taking anything away from him. Yeah. What he didn't. Uh, and he was a great hitter. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he was always in the top or the middle of the lineup. So yep. he was always a very good hitter and very well established and he for those Earl Weaver teams he was the co- the kink in the machine or not the mm-hmm. kink that's maybe a bad one but he was he kept it running right, right he was the right. oil so yep. but it was his glove right I mean you and I oh, agree yeah. it's it was just his glove from the moment he stepped foot on the field and and he started in 1955 and he won his first gold uh, gold glove in 60 and he just Ooh. never stopped nope. from there nope nope yeah uh, it's one of those where yeah uh Big reason, probably why he got in the Hall of Fame, was because of what he did on the field with his, you know, his fielding, similar to an Ozzie Smith or something like that. Where, you know, not not the the best when it comes to hitting, 
you know, could come through in the clutch. I mean, he's not a bad hitter or anything, but no, no, it, it's, it's, it's from what he did, you know, arguably one of the best third baseman of all time. Absolutely. Steve. I mean, what, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I would put him top three. I mean, he would, he's my favorite third baseman of all time, but mm-hmm. when you really look at the position itself, you also got to have a great hitter. And like you just said, I mean, that's he, he or like I just said as well, he was a great hitter. He set mm-hmm. franchise records. Now I'm talking about, yeah, he didn't hit over 300. Yeah. He didn't have 3000 hits, but when you look at what he did with an organization, no Oriole has meant more than Brooks Robinson. I mean, right. he, he set franchise records for at bats, hits, runs, RBIs, doubles, total yeah. bases. I mean, total bases alone, 4,270. And it has the, I think, the most home runs by a right-hander. He does. With 268. Yeah. Uh, well, he he was for a while, and then Cal Ripken uh, Jr. Broke oh, that's it. right. Then Cal Ripken. Yeah, yeah, I forgot Cal Ripken was right-handed. but Yeah, he's it, pretty good. But <laughs> he, he got in on his first year of eligibility. Just made sense. And everybody loved Brooks Robinson. Mm-hmm. Brooksy and all the nicknames yep. he's had. And he was very loved. Kind of like Stan Musial. Stan Musial was so loved in his yeah. career yeah. that it is just he was a shoe-in for the Hall of Fame just because... Oh, yeah all the voters loved voting for him. And that's was kind of what we saw with Brooks Robinson when Agreed. he finally got in and on his first ballot in 18, in 1983. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Just, um, you know, you look at, uh, Baltimore Oriole historian, Ted Patterson said about Brooks Robinson, never as a player meant more to a franchise, more to a city than Brooks has meant to the Orioles in the city of Baltimore. So that's him in a nutshell, then, you know, yeah. just what he, what he meant to the, not only the team, but as well, you know, as the city for what he did, you know, off the field as well. Just seemed like a very kind man and uh, very approachable, and it's always good to the fans. It seems like so. Oh uh, yeah, you want to hear? You want to hear a crazy stat? So shoot, yeah. <clears throat> back then, now his his average aside, right? I mean, right. I felt in the last three years of his career, I, I think he would have been close to a 300. Yeah. Right. But well, that's exactly right, Steve. I think the first couple of years of his career, he was barely in the lineup, barely played, kind of hurts a little bit. But at the end of his career, the last two years, three years, didn't do him any favors. Right. right? I mean, I'd say the last three, 201, 211, 149. Yeah. And, and, and you just want from playing in 144 games to 71 games to 24 games. Oh. He was kind of in there, but he was never predominantly a 300 hitter. I mean, arguably the 64 season when he won the MVP, yeah. he hit 317 and Ooh. he never really eclipsed that or really came close to that. Maybe in 65, but, mm-hmm. uh, but, but he never really clips that. But let me, let me give you a really good stat. Just, and you see this a lot in the older players. He only struck out 990 times in 23 years playing. Jeez. Joey 990 did that times. In season, right? Joey Dallow did that in season, but let's go with uh, <laughs> Guy, Steve Guy Carlos Stanton uh-huh. in 14 years has struck out 1,814 times. Oh, wow. Now, what would show show that patience, right? That that's mm-hmm. like the patience at the plate is is pretty pretty crazy. Um when you look Man. at that. I mean, wow. that isn't that pretty yeah. eye-opening? It just shows yeah. Brooks probably, I mean, 990 times isn't bad. Right. I, right. I, I mean, I look at I look at something like that, and I think this guy was very patient at the plate. He probably picked his pitches. He probably was, you know, very, um, uh, like, scientific going to the plate, kind of like a Ted Williams and whatnot. Yep. But I look at other players, 1,305 strikeouts for Cal Ripken. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, Brooks Robinson and, and Cal Ripken played 21 years. Yep. So if for Brooks Robinson to play 
three or uh, twenty three years, mm-hmm. and only have nine hundred ninety st- under a thousand strikeouts, Steve. Yeah, I think crazy. that's that's impressive to me. That's one of the most impressive things you can look at because yeah. he's going up and he's hitting the he's doing something. He's getting on base, and it shows with his total bases. If you yeah. look at nine hundred ninety strikeouts, and then you throw in well. His total bases are 4,270. That right there just shows the guy just knew how to get on base. So maybe, yeah, he doesn't have those stats that I I kind of said earlier that, no, he doesn't have 500 home runs or the Mm -hmm. the 1,500 ribbies and what have you, but he got on base. So, And uh, just for reference, Joey Gallo in nine years has struck out 1,190. No, in nine years? Yeah, in nine years. He Something's out, wrong with struck, hitters. You struck out almost 1,200 times. Something's wrong with hitters today, bro. Mm-hmm. And that's patient, you know. That's that's uh, that's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Look up Javi Baez. I'm actually interested now. Oh, in this. God. All right. Oh, While you look up I'm Javi, sorry. I'm going to look at... I have Mike Trout's up here. Oh, Mike boy. Trout, in 13 years, has struck out 1,458 times. Whoa. Okay. That's wild compared to 990 times. All right, so Javi's played one more year than Gallo, and he struck out 1,224 times. Yeah, Bro, that's insane. And then you look at a player like Placido Polanco, and uh, I think in one year he struck out... I I kid you not. So Placido Polanco uh, played for 16 years. Can you guess how many times he struck out? A thousand. No, more less. Five hundred. Oh, pinch more. So he's in the six hundred range, hey? Less five hundred and thirty-eight times in sixteen years. That's, that's see, it. that's a patient fucking. What was his lifetime average? His lifetime average was uh, two ninety-seven. Let's go. Yep. That's was, that's what it is, dude. Yeah. There, there there was one season. Um, with uh, let me see, let me look this up here. Wow, that there was one one season in two thousand five, Mike, where he uh struck out a grand total of twenty five times. That's it. The whole and how season. many games? One hundred and twenty nine games. Let's go. See, yeah, you don't find that patience in hitters anymore. No. And I'm looking no. at and, and comparing it to our benchmark of Brooks Robinson. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy. He played almost every game from sixty yeah. one. From 60, he played over 150 games almost every year, but one, two, three, four, except four years in 20, yeah. in 23 years. I'm, I'm not, I'm talking about after 1960, right. uh, after 1960, because before that, he was still kind of a rookie um, right. and stuff like that. But I mean, God, one, two, three, four years in a row, 163, which I think was a game, like a play in game or they had a, right. like a tiebreaker. Uh, 160, been. he played every game in 1962. He played 161 games in 63 and another probably tiebreaker game in 60, uh, uh, 64 with 163 games Man. where he won the MVP. That, bro, that is phenomenal. And then he played yeah. a, a 68, which is almost a decade later from 1960. Ooh. You know, like eight years later, he played 162 games. Jeez, I mean, that's a pretty, yeah. bro, that, that's, to me, that's amazing. And you're only striking Ooh. out 990 times. And they're whole, wow. Wow. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, Polanco in 2009 played 153 games and had a grand total of 46 strikeouts. So that's pretty impre- pretty impressive. I mean, so you're saying that you're either I mean, you're making contact because at least yeah. that means you're making consistent contact or you're walking. Yep. 
right? Yep, he, wa- he walked 36 times, struck out 46 times with a 285 average. So he's impressive making you know, contact with the ball. Yeah. Impressive. So kind of going back to the Brooks Robinson aspect of it, it's not that he was a horrible hitter. He actually wasn't. Uh, he had a f- the last few years were kind of down years for him, but mm-hmm. sounds like he was always just that dude for Earl yeah. Weaver. So, yep. Oh, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. You I mean, it. <laughs> yeah, Le- Legends Park uh, fans have been paying his respects to his statue yeah. he has there. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore really loved him, and I'm glad yeah. that he still has a name in that city. And obviously, we know his jersey's been retired. Yeah. And- and some of the big things there, but I just, it is, it's a sad passing. It's once Al Kaline died to me, it was, and there were some before that, but once Al Kaline died, it really, that generation is starting yeah. to die off now. Mm-hmm. You yep, know, the, these are the ones that were born in just after the depression. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Those fifties, fifties and sixties ball players are just right. Or fade, fade in a way. I think the Tigers had a uh, 68 reunion for uh, the 68 team. The what is that? The 60 50 uh, mm-hmm. uh, something year anniversary, 55 year anniversary of the uh, 68 team. And sadly, I think only like four or five people were able to to be there for it. Yeah, that, that's crazy. Yeah, because you still had people like Mickey Stanley. You had yep. uh, Willie Horton, Horton was there. Yeah, right. Denny McLean showed Mickey up. Mickey Lolich was Mickey Lolich was there, and Mickey Lolich isn't doing good. His health? No, he's not. Right His now. health is up, uh, but he did show up for the uh, the reunion. But I think it was uh, Willie Horton, McLean, uh, Mickey Stanley, John Hiller. Yeah, there's only just a, uh, uh, John Warden. I think showed up. Maybe mm-hmm. yeah, it's they're losing more and more. And it happens, right? Every decade, yep. you get another generation of ball players that mm-hmm. pass. I mean, we remember. From 10 years ago, the people that were passing were from the 40s, 40s the 40s yep. ball players, right? Yep. Ted Williams and and those guys. I mean, Ted Williams died in the late 90s, but um, right. your Yogi Berra, Yogi Berra's. Yeah, yeah yep. man. Yeah. So yep. sad. It's it's really sad yeah. to see, man. But Brooks Robinson, 86 years old. I, I, mm. I think that's a pretty good life. The man. Yep has done a lot for the game and for the position for the third base position. And you look at today, who are some of the third basemen and third basemen, some, some of the third basemen in the league is we kind of live in a golden era of third basemen, which Mm -hmm. I've said before. I mean, you have your Nolan Arenado's, your Raphael Devers, right? Your Alex Bregman's those, those guys. I mean, you just, the next wave is, is really good. Yeah, it is. (laughs) That's all. And, and, and and that's because people like Brooks Robinson really revolutionized the the position i remember when i played ball i mean i played all over the field but catcher was my main position but yeah. when i'd play infield i'd either play second or third base nice. uh, but third base i was i was really good at third base but i always remember watching brooks robinson clips and just <laughs> seeing he was just elastic man he yeah. was just these these you know, those catches out of, of nothing you know, mm-hmm. he would he would turn something into nothing or nothing into something. And what was it that one? Didn't he like dive into foul territory, snag a ball, get up and gun it to a uh, defense mm-hmm. that doesn't like the World Series or something? Yeah, like in one of the top plays of all time in the World Series. Yeah, it, that one it, in nineteen seventy. Yeah, where it just he he caught it just off the foul, off and then the, he. Yep. And if yeah. you look back at old footage, everybody used to do 
I used to think, oh, Derek Jeter created the or had the the patent. The uh, pat, yeah, the spin. The, 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 yeah, well, remember he'd do the the backhand and then he'd do the oh, fadeaway yeah. throw, yep. the fadeaway yep. throw. Exactly. Look yeah. at Brooks Robinson; he actually yep. did that back in his day a lot. Mm-hmm. And you got to mm-hmm. have a great arm to do that from third base. Yeah. Oh man. So cannon. Man. Yeah. So rest in peace, Brooksy. Yep. 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 I agree. Uh, rest in peace, man. So, uh, kind of a couple more big kind of big time players before we end our headlines here. We have one remember 2013. These two were going at it, right? Miguel Cabrera for like five years in a row. I mean, Miguel Cabrera and Mike Trout Trout, one and two in the MVP. Oh man. And it was such a battle. And I hope they do a documentary on that one year because, and and I don't (laughs) think they were ever close or anything like that, but it was just so, it was so beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. You just had two great players. You had a young guy, Coming yep. up, who has just lit the baseball world on fire. Then you had the, the veteran yep. who has been breaking records for years. So right. you have Mike Trout this week has been shut down with pain in his wrist. He broke <laughs> that 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 bone in his wrist and he tried to come back. He really did, okay. and it just didn't happen. And yeah. you and I have said this time and time again, Steve, for a lot, for a lot of shows now where we're might be seeing the downside yeah. to Mike Trout's career. And then on the opposite side. We're saying farewell to Miguel Cabrera as he caps off a 21 year career this week. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's, I can't believe it. Uh, I was telling you with Miguel Cabrera, uh, just how much time, how much everything's changed. I remember when he got traded to the Tigers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was was in college at the time and uh, I was in like a broadcast news class or something. And a buddy of mine, uh, this was, you know, before smartphones really were taken off and it came across one of his feeds on, on the internet. He's like, Hey, it looks like tigers are getting Miguel Cabrera. I was like, what? And yeah. so we, you know, we had to, he had to dig. It was, you know, pre Twitter or whatever, where you can get all the information at a click. We had to dig yeah. to see what information we could find and, and just how, how big that was. And, and it's, uh, I, I, it, it's a little surreal seeing, uh, uh like a chapter closing here on, uh, on tiger history, seeing him, uh, finish out and the tributes. I think they cut his number into the grass for this week at Comerica and a lot of the buildings around there are flashing 24 and, you know, thanks Mickey and all that stuff around the area. So it's going to be a, uh, it's going to, it's going to be fun. We'll be there Saturday coming yep. up here, September 30th. Yeah. You know, I'll be there yep, to we'll kind of see there. him off and kind of, you know, second to last game. And, and, you know, something you and I talked about, we were hoping that Detroit fans would come out and just basically show him, uh, what what they mean, you know, what he means to them, and and they did. They're looking at a hundred thousand through the uh, the turnstiles here for this weekend for the first time in seven years. It looks like wow that to, to, to wish them off for this weekend series. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at you look back at you know we looked at Brooks Robinson's career and everything great he did. Now we can look mm-hmm. at Miguel's and and I would say there was two big moments in Detroit in the in in the Tigers in the last. 20 years. I mean, from mm-hmm. 2003 to now, I thought uh, Pudge Rodriguez coming oh, yep. was kind of franchise. It, it saved the right. franchise and it kicked off things, right? But Miguel mm-hmm. was our first star. Yeah, you could say Juan Gonzalez and that, but right, you know, it's he never really did as much for us, of course, like he did for mm-hmm. Texas when he played. But right. when we got Miguel Cabrera in that trade, that that means we knew it was time to compete. <laughs> yep. Yep. Right. Yep. And I mean, it was it was go time. I mean, it, from yeah. the from the moment he got there, we had Pudge, which okay, we have a kind of a name. He's older, but we're ready to win. But Miguel kind of cemented that because that was when he became a star. Yep. Because yep. he was just coming off of his success with the Florida, Florida. with the yep. Marlins, 
And then he came to us and we got him when he was blossoming. So he was what, 20, 25 years old or something. At that something point, like that. Yeah. yeah. And he was skinnier. Uh, yep. He was uh, he was out of Longest. his days of playing shortstop, but he yep. was very strong. Yeah. Yep. Wicked bat speed. Yep. Really blow your hair back bat speed. And, and it, that was kind of I knew just from my perspective. I looked at that as this is different. This is going to be mm-hmm. a different team. And they did. They gave us some good baseball for Solid every year, year he played up until five years ago, six, seven yeah. years ago. Yeah. I mean, we had a good run up until, you know, he came in 08 and we were competitive up until about 2016. And these, right. these last years have been kind of piddly years and his yeah. health has gone down. His health went down, you know, big time these last four or five years. Um, and it, it took its toll. I remember him playing through injuries to try and get that World Series for the Tigers, playing through a, a, a foot issue, playing through issues with his hip and all that stuff in his legs. And he just he wanted to get that championship so bad that he played through it. And ultimately, he's paid the price the last few years of his career mm-hmm. here because of that. So, And I don't think there's been anybody in Detroit who has said that he's not worth that contract. I mean, right. He really did play his ass off. Mm-hmm. He probably would have retired if it wasn't a while ago, if it wasn't yeah. for the contract. I think he right. wanted to play it out, which was yep. the right thing to do. Yep. And and it's sad. I mean, it's interesting. It is sad. It, baseball is so beautiful, right? But mm-hmm. it's also, how do I want to say? It's also, it's also mean, mm-hmm. right? It, mm-hmm. People say how poetic it is and, and the stories and the history is so grand and so, so alluring and so, so beautiful. But, and it is, but it also, it gives you a harsh reality too, that not everything is a great ending. I mean, yep. Not everybody can say they can ride off in the sunset like, uh, like who who's who's won a World Series at their last year? Like like a well, Derek Jeter didn't, but Derek Jeter rode off with a beautiful season, a beautiful hit, yep. right yep. Uh, for his last one. Yeah, that's true. That's You've true. seen World Series winners who were okay, like Albert Pujols when he retired. He had nothing yeah. left to prove. Yep. Right. Miguel Cabrera. David Ortiz, same thing. David Ortiz. Oh, that was a great one. Yeah. David Ortiz. I mean, there's some of them that just have beautiful endings and yep. it, 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 it's not the reality. I mean, the reality in sports and baseball, it's sad to see mm-hmm. a hero or somebody that you looked up to an idol, a star, not be a star anymore. And we've seen yeah. that with Miguel Cabrera and yeah. it was a s- slow and painful death mm-hmm. really, for Tigers fans because he stuck around. Nobody wanted that contract. Yeah. But he stuck around after Ver- the, the Verlander and after the dismantling and the rebuild. And there was times where we thought, okay, well, Miggy's going to lead this young clubhouse. And, and, and we've seen the workout videos. We've seen him try to get better, but he just kind of just fell off. Yeah. His body just gave out essentially. Yeah. From his legs, yeah. his elbow, his shoulders. Yeah. He's all just, upper body at this point now. Right. You know? And, and <laughs> And you can't tell me baseball isn't as physical. I mean, baseball, yeah, it's not as physical as football. But when you look at playing 162 games, not saying every player plays that, but when you play over 100 and something games a year, that takes a toll on your body. Oh, yeah. And especially for somebody like Miguel Cabrera, who is the heart of the lineup, doing what he did all the time. Up until those many years ago, he was never injury prone. He was in all the time. Yeah, as opposed to Mike Trout these last few years. Right, right, Steve. Injury prone and... And now the, I think the Angels are, they'll listen to offers, it sounds like, for Mike Trout. So it'll be curious to see what happens with that. So Yeah, that is going to be an interesting one. But it's interesting yeah. that we have two stars. One that I hope is not the end. No. 
because he's still young and he still has more records to break and you want to get him that world series, but kind of capping off my whole talk about baseball being mean, it's not everybody wins the world series. Miguel won one with Florida when he was young (laughs) and and he did that uh, just an embarrassment of riches. And then after that, it was just nothing but losing the rest of his career. Mm -hmm. And that had to have been really hard, especially becoming so close and almost just touching victory. Yep. And so you just <laughs> so many times, especially with teams that, that stretch, yeah. were just on paper and Fantastic. everybody thought would just, yeah, we're just amazing. And, and they played amazing. It's just, mm-hmm. they couldn't pull it together. So yep. and baseball does that. Right. And at the end we've seen an old man, an older man, which is funny. Cause he's not even like, yeah, I was going to say, I think he's only, I think he's only a couple months older than I am. So. <laughs> but in, in the game, I guess you're considered yeah. an old man, but right. we've seen a guy who's just, not there with it anymore and it's gonna be sad i can't wait to see what he does after baseball and he's giving us great baseball so yeah when we're there saturday it's you hope the tigers win but you're really just cheering and saying it's basically a thank you miggy for doing everything you did for a for as a tiger fan that's how i see it i mean it'd be nice to win the game but i'm basically there to to say goodbye and to say thank you yeah and hopefully it's not a permanent goodbye because it sounds like he's been talking with management and wants to stick around he said he doesn't want to coach but he would like to be as similar to what trammel does the special assistant type thing where he goes around and, and talks to the younger guys and just you know goes around to different parts of the in the organization there and talks to the up-and-coming kids so well that that's essential especially when it's yeah. a decade when it's a decades thing i mean you can have mm-hmm. trammel and whitaker and all those guys come out and talk to the youngsters but man they are so far removed mm-hmm. none of these kids were a glint in their parents' eye. Exactly. Yeah. Right. When, <laughs> yep. when, the, when they played. And so you kind of need to refresh it, right? Like I kind of yeah. like how the, the, the lions do it because yeah, yeah Barry and Barry's the old reliable, but there comes yeah. a time where it's the neck. People aren't going to know, but the kids who are coming up now don't have never seen Barry. play. Exactly. They've seen the highlights, but when they've seen Kelvin like, play, exactly. When you get someone like Calvin Johnson, who's now yeah. back in the organization, that's the, that, that guy can, you know, relate more to the younger people that are playing right now. Absolutely. So yeah. I think that's great. That's great. I didn't hear about that with Mickey, but that is great. Yeah, I read about that. I think Jason Beck had posted something like that, uh, an article I was reading. So yeah, he's talked with AJ Hinch and with management about sticking around in some aspect within the organization. And you just said he doesn't want to coach, but he'd like to do something within the organization. Yeah, I, forward, so. That's good. And I hope the Tigers embrace it. And I hope, as soon as Verlander retires, I hope they're on the phone with Verlander yeah. to start the organization somehow. You don't want to be in Houston, all right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be bittersweet when Miggy leaves, but it's yeah. definitely he gave us everything we wanted, man. Yep. Well, kind of, instead of a pro series, except victory, for the, but, except for the World Series. <laughs> but he tried his ass off, man. It, so, like I said, he played through so many injuries just to try and get us over that 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 mountaintop that he paid the price later. So, yeah, just could just couldn't get it, man going to get over that hump, but um, yep. we still had a yep. hell of a lot of good 20 years of baseball with them. Agreed. So. Agreed. Yeah. So um, we're kind of going into our post sleeper talk. We had this last year, Steve, as well. Yeah. And okay. right now, I mean, today, I think you were like, hey, get off the. Uh, yeah. Get get the Padres and the Giants off. out of their, their out. <laughs> you said the Padres magic number was one. So they're basically out. Yeah. Uh, so right now. We, what we did last year for the people who don't know or haven't listened before, what we do is we name, we go through all the teams that are either made clinch the playoffs or on the verge of clinching the playoffs. And we kind of talk of 
we kind of we kind of give our predictions what their sleepers would if they made the playoffs or if they are in the playoffs who their sleepers are going to be in the postseason. Right. So right. and we don't we, we can't choose stars like Mookie Betts or Ronald Acuna Jr. or Jose yeah. Altuve or people like that. We stick to the sleepers, the true name right. of the sleeper. I always hate that too when you see MLB Network or you see some of these Fox Sports and. Name your sleepers, and the guy comes up there, and he's just like, well, yeah, Mookie Betts. Freddie Freeman is really the guy to watch out for. It's like, how is that a sleeper? The guy's been crushing it all year. Like, he's like, what are we talking about? He's a star. Yeah, exactly. No, I want to see. We want to. You and I want the sleepers, man. We want the the underdogs, the people who don't get talked about much. So, Steve. If you want to take us off, what what we'll do is I'll announce the I'll announce the team and what they're what's up for grabs in their division here. Yeah, and yeah. then we'll just name two players a piece. So cool. uh, Steve, start okay. us off. The Orioles are going to take the East essentially. Yeah. I mean, they're right there. So between them and the, the Rays, they, those guys are battling, but um, we know that the Orioles have clinched the playoffs. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. But they're both, they're Orioles and the Rays are both. And it's just a matter of who's going to get the wild card and who's going to get the, the division. So absolutely. Yeah. So starting Steve with the Orioles, yeah. Uh, who do you have for your two sleepers? Uh, so uh, I'm going to get started with uh, uh, Adam Frazier, uh, second baseman there. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a little bit older, but, you know, kind of a, kind of a sleeper for me. I like what he's done so far this year. Uh, you know, kind of a veteran bat in the uh, the lineup there. You know, he hit 242, but he's got some pop, 13 home runs, 60, R, uh, 60 RBIs, but can steal a base. I can see, uh, I can see him as, uh, you know, doing some damage here, being a sleeper uh, for the Orioles in the playoffs. And, the second one I'm going with is, uh, you know, ca- kind of a guy that's sort of anchored that uh, that staff there, starting pitching for Baltimore, and that's uh, Ky- Kyle Gibson. You think of Kyle Gibson, you think of him with the Twins, but he's had a pretty good year here with uh, with Baltimore, fifteen and nine you know, ERA. ERA is an over four, but uh, you know, just kind of having that veteran presence, a guy that's you know had experience in the postseason. I, th- I think he can definitely be a sleeper to to help out this team and hopefully get the Orioles to make some noise uh, here in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, great picks. Got to love Adam Frazier coming over from the Mariners and yeah. Kyle Gibson coming over from Texas, I believe. And yeah, and yeah they've they've done a lot. The the um my two guys who are I think are pretty good sleepers for the most part. I want to start yeah. with Austin Hayes. Austin oh, Hayes is a guy. Yeah, he could start at the top of the lineup. I've seen him leading off. I've seen him bat um two. I've seen him mm. bat six. You could kind of put him everywhere. He's kind of. A manager really loves to work with those kind of players who, mm-hmm. no matter where they are, they're just going to find a way to hit. And, and right. it's, you think it's easy, but it's really not easy. There's some players where you put them in the lineup, they just can't hit certain pitches that they're going to see at that part of the lineup. I mean, if you're behind, say, <clears throat> say for instance, you're behind Adley Rushman, and you know Adley Rushman, I don't know, I'm just throwing this out there, Adley Rushman is, <clears throat> they keep it away from him as much as they can around the plate. Well, mm-hmm. the next time they might not come, they're going to come right at you. Maybe you can't hit that guy's fastball because it, maybe you can hit some of the slower stuff. So yeah. one thing about Austin Hayes is he can kind of do it a little bit everywhere. So I think he's going to be, you know, his season stats are okay. 276, 66 ribbies, nothing to um, write home about, but he's, but he's good. I, I think mm-hmm. he's a really good player from a very good outfielder. He's going to be with this team for the long haul. I think anyways. Um, and another guy, and I, he's kind of a late bloomer is John means John means was their only pitcher like a year or two ago. Yeah, that's true. And last year, <clears throat> last year, he, 
he kind of had a good year at three. Uh, well, not a good year. He barely fucking played. But in <laughs> the year before that, he, he showed that he was kind of their ace. And then the Orioles were like, well, what are we, what are we going to do with this guy? And so they still kept him. But I, I th- but he was injured most of the year. He was out most of the year. So he's only pitched in 17 innings so far. And in those 17 innings, he has a 2.60 ERA. And I think that John Means is a guy who is a very much the essence of a sleeper. He's he's a guy that you can go in there and get quality starts. And at 30 years old, he's still throwing very, very well. So I think this is a guy whose name you're going to see when the playoffs come up more and more. Whether he starts, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to stick with a five-man rotation or a four-man rotation, so he might be left out on that. I don't know. But I would keep John Means in there. The guy is a powerful left-handed thrower. He can, he, he can do a lot. He can do a lot of good mixes with his pitches as well. So uh, John Means, for me, is my sleeper. Now, Steve, yes. sticking with the AL East, we have the Rays battling with the Orioles as well. If they're not yeah. going to take the East, they're going to get that wild card, of course, as they already clinched. Steve, who do you got for two of the players? Uh, so two players I'm looking at uh, first uh, on the hitting side is uh, Harold Ramirez. I like this guy. Uh, solid 307 average. We talked about, uh, uh, you know, not striking out. He's played 118 games. He's only got 77 uh, strikeouts on the season there. But he's a guy who can uh, get on base, draw some walks, but also drive in some uh, drive in some runs and, uh, you know, get, maybe get a clutch home run here or there. So that's one guy I'm looking at. And the second one is a bit of a head scratcher. I'm going to go with Taj Bradley, uh, 22 years old, had you know a lot put on his shoulders uh, coming into the season uh, to, to help with his pitching staff. Hasn't quite lived up to it, but you know he's got a great arm, and and when he's on, he can pitch really well. Uh, you know, 128 strikeouts uh, on the season. Uh, I don't see him maybe as a starter, but maybe something coming out of the bullpen get a little fire out of there because. Um, you know, he, he can definitely bring it. So Taj Bradley and Harold Ramirez are two uh, people that I'm looking at on the race side. How about you? Uh, going with more sleepers as well. It's guy that we talked about the last, I think last week or the week before is Aaron Savali. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think he is kind of thrust into that. Hey, you got to start pitching BRAs kind of guy because right. <laughs> well, <laughs> McClanahan's gone. Blast <laughs> out, we can't trust. I mean, it's yep. just a series of errors, uh, injuries yep. related and stuff. So Savali is kind of thrust in this position, but I think he's going to step up to the challenge. He's only 28 years old and, uh, 3.43 ERA so far. Mm-hmm. He's had a rough, I should know. I had him on my fantasy team. <laughs> uh, he really did had him on his fantasy yeah, team. Yeah. Well, I had him, I needed a, him to really pitch for me last week and he kind of shit the bed, but mm. But I think he's gonna do really well for the Rays in the postseason as well. And and Aaron Savali, he's just had he pitches with confidence, and I really mm-hmm. like that. And this is a really up year for him. Um, another guy I have is Isak Paredes, who Good. really aside from average, I mean, thirty home runs, ninety five ribbies, and he did that in a hundred and I think forty, hundred and thirty nine games. I'm looking at right now, forty four hundred and seventy at bats. Not bad, man. Not fucking bad at all. He had a split time in the beginning of the season, but then okay. after a while, it was hey. You're the fucking dude. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is kind of going to be the Kyle Schwarber, I think, yeah. for, uh, of the postseason for the Rays if, if they can make it that far. So uh, Isak Paredes, for me, is going to be a sleeper. Now, Steve, sticking yeah. in the AL Center, yeah. the AL East, we have yeah. one more team that's vying. Now, if they yeah. can take a while, if the Blue Jays can take a wild card, okay, who is going to be their sleepers? Man, I'm gonna go with Vlad June. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna go with. Yeah, he might as well. He's not a star yeah. this year, right? Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, two players I'm looking at for sleepers uh, on the uh, J side would be uh, Kevin Kiermaier. Uh, thir- you know, 33 years old, you know, veteran uh, bat in the lineup, but, you know, can steal a base, 13 steals on the year. Uh, you know, just a just a solid guy can can draw some walks, isn't going to strike out too much. Uh, so, you know, the so- solid, solid bat in that lineup. They don't like like you said, Vlad isn't quite living up to Vlad numbers uh, this year. So, you know, I, I like what Kevin Kiermaier is doing. I think he can uh, definitely be a sleeper. And then the second one is uh Going on the pitching side here, looking a little bit, is uh, Chris Bassett. Uh, I like Chris Bassett. Again, older guy, 34 years old, but solid season, 15 and 8, 3.74 ERA. Uh, definitely has uh, you know pitched the most out of the rotation this year at 192 innings. But uh, I, I, I can see him uh, anchoring this, uh, this starting staff if the Blue Jays can get in and hopefully they can get out of the opening round, which is what they've been trying to do here the last couple of years. So uh, that's who I'm looking at sleepers uh, for the Blue Jays. How about you? I'm going to go with low hanging fruit to Whit Merrifield. I think wit. He, this guy, he, he, if he can make the playoffs and in this area scenario, we're talking, he does. I think he becomes an instant sleeper. I mean, the guy is a leader in the clubhouse guys, a leader on the field. He actually did very well for him. I mean, he took over Kevin Biggio, the Kevin Biggio role. Basically <laughs> Whit Merrifield can play multiple positions. He's just, uh, I think he's the guy you want in those big, in those big situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with Dalton Varsho. Uh, Dalton Varsho kind of an up and down year. Don't love his two twenty. Uh, batting average which really is horrible but i I think (laughs) one thing it's about him is very versatile he plays hard and he does provide the hits you need from the left side of the plate so i I think this guy is probably going to come on a little bit more in the postseason and you know it's one of my names that it's not a a big flashy name by any standards but i think He's a name that just I'm kind of going with those guys that you don't think of who are going to have big moments. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he might be a guy that a lot of people don't think of that's going to have a big moment down the road. So for me, like Dalton Varsho. Um, yeah. Uh, going to the <laughs> the lowly. <laughs> yeah. AL I was going to say the AL Comedy Central here. Huh? <laughs> yeah, okay. that's exactly. It's the Comedy Central. <laughs> well, there's only one team that's going to make it out of there. <laughs> uh, the Twins. Yeah. So who have clinched Steve, who are your sleepers for the Twins? Isn't the whole team a sleeper outside of Korea? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, even at his, this point, he's a sleeper. He's, he's a, a sleeper, too. Oh, you know, if he's uh, good enough to be that. Yeah, yeah. yeah isn't he injured right now? Uh, of course um, he is. <laughs> yeah, shocker. I'm going to go with uh, uh, you know a guy who's this first year here with the Twins, a uh, utility guy, Willie Castro. Nice. He's had a pretty good year as he's uh, transitioned from, you know, he's with the Tigers the last few years, and now he's with the Twins. Uh you know, not a fan of really 251 average, but he can get on base. And when he does get on base, he's going to steal you some bases. He's got 32 steals a year. You know, he can he can hit the occasional home run. So maybe he comes through in the clutch and gets you something big there. But I just like it. Uh, he's a guy that can put the bat on the ball and and is is fun to watch once he gets on base. So Willie Castro is someone that I'm looking at. And second is uh, another sort of infield utility guy. That'd be a uh, Kyle Farmer. Uh, you know, he just seems like, you know, far- farmer comes up big. It, 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 it has a good ring to it, but uh, I, I like him. You know, he's a little older, you know, 32, but you know, solid, solid, solid season, 254 averages, eh, but I can see him c- coming up, uh, coming up big as well. If the twins are to finally break that streak and get out of the opening round, I think it was the last time they even got out of the opening round, like 20 years ago. It's been, it's been a long time. 
Uh, but uh, so yeah, Willie Castro and Kyle Farmer are uh, two players I'm looking at on the uh, the Twins to be potential sleepers. My sleepers are Alex Kirilov. I think finally this guy's starting to kind of figure it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's been very slow to develop, and I think that's been very frustrating for the Twins, especially since he's been injured a lot. He's another one that yeah. just gets injured too fucking much. But when he's in there and he plays, I, I think he he can perform really well. I mean, his last game alone in their 11 to three blowout of Oakland, he had a homer, <laughs> he had two ribbies, two walks. He, he's getting on base a little bit more, man, a little mm-hmm. bit more of that. His <laughs> game, I actually watched back on the 22nd. He did really good. Three ribby performance, all Ooh. hits, man. I mean, he's just, okay. he, he's doing really good. I think this is a guy that's just getting more comfortable in that lineup. And he's only 25 years old. He's really young still. And they brought, he was a guy kind of like Torque. They brought him up too soon. They brought him up at 23 years old, mm-hmm. like 59 games. The dude wasn't fucking ready. Clearly right. wasn't fucking ready. But I think now they're putting a little bit more time on him. They didn't give up hope on him. Kind of like Royce Lewis. Right. They did the same thing. You're going to see the fruits of those labors. So yeah. um, Alex Kirilov is one. And, and another one is Pablo Lopez. He, you can Ooh. definitely get six, inning out of, six innings out of Pablo Lopez. When he first came in the trade from Miami, where they sent Luis Arise over, he, he just wasn't in. We, you and I even said in a show that, man, talk about a Ooh. shitty trade that was. Pablo Lopez <laughs> yeah. not pitching good at all. But he, he, he kind of turned it on the second half of the season. And you're seeing a, a better performance out of him that led to an 11 and eight record, a 3.61 ERA, 228 strikeouts he currently has. And I like what he's done in his last five games. Um, oh, especially, I mean, God, his September 10th game, he had 14 strikeouts in eight innings Oof. that he, they left him in for eight innings. So, yeah. and that was a close game. That was a pitcher's duel uh, against the Mets. So I, I really like what Pablo's doing. Um, he, he's at the top of that rotation. So, uh, Pablo is definitely going to be an essential uh, sleeper for those guys moving forward. Now, Steve, okay. moving out of the AL Central, going into the heated West. This is a big battle. Now we're Man. talking about the Rangers in the first place, which is... That's, yeah, how'd that happen? Right? Dude, it's a back-and-forth affair. It's like a rocky really fight is. in the AL It West. really is, man. I mean, what they did, didn't they They sweep Seattle over yep. the weekend or something like that? Yeah. So just when we thought they were left for dead, they uh, go and do do something like that. Um, I I thought they last week I was already yep, writing them I was, off. I was already writing their tombstone, kind of yep. chiseling away at it. But Steve, <laughs> who do you got for the Astros sleepers? Uh, so for the Astros, uh, first guy I'm looking at is uh, uh J- Jake Myers. I uh, I really I really like Jake Myers. You know, you look at Houston; they're you know loaded in regards to stars. You think of Bregman, you think of El Tuve. Again, batting average isn't something to write home about, but uh, he, he's a guy that uh, that that has pop in his bat, you know, in a, in limited 111 uh, games on the year, but still, you know, can hit 10 home runs. He can he can get on base. Uh, 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 hasn't really had the biggest stats to write home about, but you know, maybe when the uh, the the lights are shining on, you can uh, you can come through and come up big. So I like uh, I like Jake Myers, and then uh, my second one that I like is. Uh, would be would be JP France. Uh, I, I like like what he's done. You know, it's obviously great having Verlander back in there, uh, you know, b- back in the rotation. But uh, you know, you think of Valdez, you think of Javier, Hunter Brown's had a great year, but you know, JP France has, has you know had a good year as well. Eleven and six, three point eight three ERA. Uh, you know, quality quality in uh, you know in twenty three starts, he's he's gotten the job done. So. You know, like we talked about some of the other pitchers, is he going to be a starter? You know, are they going to go expand the rotation or is he going to come out of the pen? I think either way he could, uh, he, he's a, he's a good arm to have for, uh, for Dusty Baker to use. So 
That's what I'm looking at uh, for Houston. Uh, for, for me, I'm just going to go with a couple kids, man. I'm going to go with Hunter Brown. Boy, um, if you look at a guy that completely dropped off from from the All-Star break, it's been Hunter Brown. I mean, Hunter Brown was very much in play as being potentially their ace. I mean, uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. not over Valdez or or Javier or something like that. But I mean, he was making good push for it. But he just I don't know if it's mechanics or if they just used him too much or whatever. I mean, it's led to an 11 and 13 record. He's a, a gouging or just a astronomical 5.12 ERA. Not great. The reason why I'm picking him is because he's due. And yeah. I think he's not going to know how big the moment. I see. I did the same thing with Walker Bueller, I believe last year and a couple other younger pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just, it's the moment's too big for, they just don't understand it enough. Yeah. So I think they're just going to play because at this time he's already down. So there's nowhere to go for him, but up. I mean, right. his last, his last game, he he <laughs> left after three innings. He just Jeez. was not pitching good at all. Yeah. And then I thought, well, maybe they're just mishandling him or misusing him. And they're not, they're trying to get him at least his five, six innings, but he's, and, and I, I'm watching him pitch is he leaves too many over the plate and his mix mm-hmm. isn't good enough. And it's not like he's walking a lot. He's not walking a lot of batters. His big problem is he's just, leaving him that cheese to hit dude and he just big time so but i think he's due and and that's just kind of my way of thinking that because you're expecting big performances from jv and Mm -hmm. and valdez and javier and some of those guys but when it comes to who else is in there i think it could be hunter brown now another one i don't know this could be cheating it's kind of low-hanging fruit but it's jeremy pena he was a sleeper last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude won the ALCS MVP, won the World Series MVP. So this isn't really <laughs> going out on a limb. It's just he <laughs> performed really well in the postseason. So I'm just kind of betting that he'll do the same thing again. So just for all Matt, for all intents and purposes, yeah, it just he's my sleeper just because he had big moments last year. So good choice, good choice. Yeah. Um, Going to the next team in our AL West is the Seattle Mariners. So they could potentially take a wild card. They could potentially win the division. And they got Whatever four games they with Texas at the end here. So yeah. it's up for grabs. Well, like you were saying before the show, right? I mean, that's kind of Dude, makes yeah, it really interesting. It is. So you got Seattle is playing Texas in like four games to close out the year. And then you got Houston taking on Arizona. And both of them are battling for their playoff lives there. So that's going to yeah. be you know fun depending on... Who who does what? If so, if one particular team dominates in that series, it could knock the other one uh, out of the out of the playoffs in general. So yeah. it's, it's craziness, man. Yeah, it's, it's 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 nuts, dude. And Seattle for the turnaround, like you said, you you said, well, I think Seattle's a second half team. Scott Service mm-hmm. is like, hey, <laughs> my team's all about second half. So yeah, and they're serious. making a hell of a push, man. Who do you got for their sleepers that could, if they do the playoffs in our scenario? Who's going to yeah. be sleepers that you see pushing them forward to win a playoff game? So, again? so I, I'm, you know, I'm a big Cal Raleigh fan. So that's a guy I'm going to go with here. 26 years old, uh, you know, switch, switch hitting catcher. You know, has that usual catcher average right in that 230, 240 area. He's hitting 235, but he's got that pop in his bat. He's got 30 home runs, 75 RBIs. Uh, does he strike out a lot? Hell yeah, he strikes out a lot, but he can uh, get you that that big hit. I think uh, uh, when, when the pressure's on. So I like Cal Raleigh, and and second is in a similar similar boat here is Eugenio Suarez. Uh, batting average two thirty one, really kind of blows, but uh, you know he can hit over twenty home runs this year, getting close to a hundred uh, hundred RBIs. Right. He's also 
hit. Yeah, you know, he might he might stri- uh, set a record here for strikeouts. So he's got 208 strikeouts on, on the season here. He's he's hitting Gallo like numbers, but but he can he can get you that that hit when you need it. Uh, he, he's a veteran. He's been here before. I think uh, you know he, he can step up big when the uh, the moment's right. So I'm going to go with Cal Raleigh and uh, Eugenio Suarez as uh, as my two sleepers on Seattle. What say you? What say you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah good good picks all the way around. Well, I mean, first off is kind of the revenge tour of yeah. Jared, Jared Kalenic, man. I think he's, okay. uh, remember, he got injured and he yeah. thought he was done for the rest of the year, but suddenly mm-hmm. he worked his way back in the lineup and, you know, he's doing pretty good. I mean, he's last few games, kind of a lot of swing and miss in his game, but I think that Jared Kalenic is, again, a high riser in this organization, man. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a really young guy, too, 23 years old. He was another one that was kind of forced in a little bit too soon, and that's because he was doing really good at the lower level, so it was really hard keeping him down there. But yeah. I think he plays really well when Julio, him and Julio are in the same lineup, and I just think he's a guy that we're going to see big things from. He's going to be, God, he's going to be the Alec Baum in the Phillies lineup from last year or the Bryson Stott. You know, he's going to be that guy, that that Marsh, you know, the, the guy that can get the big hits for you. I, I really do see big things for Jared Kalenic in the playoffs. So he's definitely my sleeper. And then a guy that kind of came kind of Patrick wisdom to everybody was <laughs> it was Mike was Mike Ford kind of coming out of nowhere. Really. Last I mean, name right there. Right? Yeah. I mean, it has oh, yeah. to be the last name. Right. I mean, at 30 oh, yeah. years old, he's kind of took over an everyday role. And and while his average is nothing to shake a stick at it well but he kind of started the year kind of late with him he was kind of a platoon type of a player but when he's in there he actually gets the most out of his at-bats and and he gets you hits he can get on base right i I think this is a guy that uh, he's just gonna perform a little bit better and it's weird because evan white like was the guy of the future for the seattle Mariners. he was gonna be that first baseman but evan white can't even hit his his weight at all so I think Mike Ford is he's good. He's not great, but he has mm-hmm. 20. They found out he has a lot of home run potential power, 20 home run power and maybe more. But I think Mike Ford is going to be a very good player for them moving forward. So look for him to be a sleeper in the postseason for sure. Okay. okay. Um, sticking Steve in the, in the AL West. <laughs> what are we doing with uh, the Rangers here? So with the Rangers, uh, first up, I'm going to go with uh, with Mitch Garber. Uh, you think of Mitch Garver, you know, uh, primarily a catcher, but Jonah Hind kind of taking that position there uh, uh, with, with Texas. So Mitch Garver is more in a, a DH role. But, yeah, I like what he's done. Solid 281 average, 19 home runs, 50, uh, 50 RBIs, had a solid game here on Monday night. I think he went three for three, uh, had a solo home run. And, uh, you know, I think he could be one of those bats that could uh, could come up, uh, come up big here in a uh, pretty stacked offensive uh, lineup there in in texas so i I like i like mitch garver and then second i like uh i like john gray Uh, he's had a a solid season nine and eight era a little bit over four you know 157 innings so he's he's been out there a lot but uh you know we we talk about uh you know texas and uh you know they don't really have any uh any pitchers that you know on on you know the name lights the world on fire so I like John Gray. I think he can come up, uh, come up big here in the postseason. So uh, I'm going to go with John Gray and uh, Mitch Garver as my uh, my two sleepers here in Texas. Yeah, I kind of like your sleepers a lot, just because they're not a lot of, that people think of, but yeah. they they can provide uh, quite a 
uh, they can provide something that not a right. lot of other players might not provide. It's people you wouldn't expect to. Right. Um, like mine, I think mine are kind of low hanging fruit as well. Like or mine are low hanging fruit. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, and mm-hmm. I'm just saying Jordan Montgomery, and I hate trusting this guy because he totally let me down <laughs> with with the St. Louis Cardinals. But he found new life with Texas, and he's pitching really well, man. 10 and 11 yep. record, uh, but 3.25 ERA, 161 strikeouts, not bad. His la- I mean, the last few starts, he's went seven, in- seven innings and above. He's mm-hmm. doing really well, barely in his walks. You know, I mean, just no yep. walks. I mean, he's he can get the get you at least eight strikeouts, six to eight strikeouts a game. Um, more of a little bit of a ground ball pitcher. So I, I think they want to see a little bit more K's out of him. But I think Jordan Montgomery, especially with Schmack Scherzer down, I think he's going to step in and really provide something for them that they're kind of missing, especially with his power arm. Uh, the other guy, another low hanging fruit, a possible rookie of the year candidate is Josh Young. Uh, choice, I think yeah. this will be the last time we can probably call him a sleeper just because. Yeah. He's going to be a star, essentially. You, you could just tell by the way he hits. I mean, yep. he just has a knack for driving the ball to not, not just all fields. Sometimes he's some people call him a pull hitter. I don't call him a pull hitter. I think he can he can drive it a little bit anywhere he wants with a lot of power. The exit of Velo is coming off that ball are insane. And, you know, guy who got injured for a while, uh, he still was managed to get over 20 home runs, 125 hits, 270 average, 70 RBs or ribbies. I think Josh Young is definitely a bright a bright future is 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 with him or for him um with Texas. So Josh Young, man, uh I will I think will come up big for them in the playoffs. Love it. Love it. Yes, sir. Moving man. over. Yeah, moving over to the old NL. We got a few we'll teams, a bunch of teams too to talk about. So <laughs> um the Braves uh, essentially they clinched a long time ago. Uh at this point, they're playing just for the fans, uh, right? Until, until the postseason, Steve, who do you got for their sleepers? Uh, so I'm going to go with the guy first, a uh, guy who's really come on in the uh, the second half, and that's Eddie Rosario. Uh, he's you know put put together a solid season, 137 games. Like I said, he was off to kind of a slow start. Really picked it up after the All Star break. Uh, you know, a solid season for him: 21 home runs, 72 RBIs. You know, kind kind of you, you see the Braves, you see Matt Olson, Acuna. Uh, all, all these Austin Riley, bigger names, and Rosario, you know, kind of fits a spot in the lineup. Usually sixth, seventh, you know, near near the uh, the bottom half there. But it's put together a a solid second half, and hopefully that continues into the uh, the postseason. So I'm going to go with Eddie Rosario for one, and uh, my second one, I'm going to go with uh, with Bryce Elder. Uh, I like this guy. Uh, you know, he's, he's had a, a a solid year, twelve and four. Uh, solid, you know, solid ERA under four, 174 innings pitch. But yeah, like, like a lot of these members of the Braves rotation, he, he's young and uh, uh, definitely right there with Spencer Strider to uh, to help propel the Braves for another long postseason run. So I like uh, I like Bryce Elder and I like Eddie Rosario as uh, sleepers on the Braves. Yeah, Bryce Elder, it's embarrassment of riches with young pitching. Seriously, man. <laughs> uh, for me, it's Orlando Arcia and okay. Michael Harris Jr. Uh, Arcia taking over the role from Dansby Swanson comes in. <laughs> just <if> people <laughs> forgot about Dansby even. Playing yeah, exactly. There, right? Dansby, who, right? <laughs> I, I never would have thought because I remember watching Arcia and with Milwaukee, and I never thought he was all that great. Glove had a lot of Javier Baez in him, but mm-hmm. he just without the pop, without the big pop. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and maybe the strikeouts. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but he he's proved to be just a great for those guys up the middle. Kind of just really provides um a good second base shortstop combo with um 
with LBs. Uh, my little Michael Harris Jr. started out the year really slow. We thought, oh, yeah. this is going to be kind of like a sophomore slump kind of year for him. Second half, another second half guy. I mean, you know, there's kind of a theme with my guys. A lot of second half guys turning mm-hmm. it up. And Michael Harris Jr. or Michael Harris II is that guy. I mean, I think he has a lot of Kenny Lofton in his game and um, kind of commands the outfield and center there. So for me, Michael Harris Jr. definitely I can see becoming a sleeper. Nice. nice. Um, the Brewers took the central. That was an easy central for them to take. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there were, last year it was neck and neck with them and. They kind of dropped off a little bit, but this Brewers team is strong, man. This Brewers team yeah. is really strong. Steve, who are we looking at for sleepers? There's plenty of them. Yeah, no, there, there really is. You know, obviously think of the Brewers, you think of uh, Corbin Burns, Kristen Yelich. But for me, I'm going to go with a guy who's had, you know, kind, kind of an up and down season. Hopefully he can move more on the upside. So first I'm going to go with Rowdy Telez. Uh, you know, hasn't played as much. He's only played 101 games so far this year, but. Uh, you know, when he is out there, you know, he can, he can pack, pack a punch with the, with the home run and, and, uh, just, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully he can turn it around here and, and, and be a nice bright spot in a, in a Brewers, uh, Brewers team that can hopefully make a run. And, uh, second for me is I'm going to go with, uh, with Willie Adamas. Uh, I like Willie Adamas, you know, 27 years old. Uh, batting average isn't one that you can really write home about at 213, but, he obviously shows again the guy that can hit home runs, you know, dr- drive in runs. He's uh, he can get to the occasional walk, but he does strike out a lot. But he's he's got that pop, that that thump, and they uh, in in the Brewers lineup that can I think really help them here offensively and uh, get over the hump. So I'm going to go with Rowdy Telez and Willie Adamas. Willie Adamas, nice dude, nice. Um, I'm going to go with the poor man's Bobby Witt Jr., and that is (laughs) Bryce Terang. I think Bryce Terang, I mean, there's a lot to love about Bryce Terang, but I I think, and I chose Sal Frelick as my other uh, sleeper as well, and they're just young, the young guns, man. Yeah, I I think they made their mark on this team. They provide good depth right now. They are starters uh, for the most part, but I I don't think there is... I don't think Craig Council's putting a lot on these guys. I think right, right. letting them kind of grow into it, which I really liked, especially because I thought Sal Freilich just flew through the minors. So you're not, you know, you could say, oh, they may be rushing him, but no, I, they're not giving him uh, the weight of the world at this time. And I think that's going to be key for them to just kind of like not have a lot of pressure going into the playoffs. So they'll step up and, I think they'll provide not understanding the full moment. And I think they will be kind of their, they're their future, the Brewers. So I can see those two really stepping up. Yeah. And I kind of jumped the gun a little bit. We, we did, we kind of jumped out of the AL East. I kind of want to go Uh back to the AL East here, but (laughs) for, um, I want to go to the Phillies next. Now the Phillies could, and I think just did clinch, right? They did. They clinched uh, last night, I think. Yeah. Okay. So they, uh, yeah. yeah. Walk off win. Yeah. Walk off win for Philly. Steve, who are we looking at for their sleepers? So first for me, uh, I'm going to go with a guy who probably isn't going to be a sleeper for too much longer. Uh, you know, 25 years old. That's uh, Brandon Marsh. Uh, I love Brandon Marsh, not just because he has an unbelievable beard, but because he's an unbelievable baseball player. You know, 275 average, 11 home runs, 55 RBIs. Uh, you know, can can steal you a bag too. 10 10 stolen bases. Uh, just an overall, just a a solid outfielder. There uh, plays plays good defense too. So uh, Brandon Marsh is, uh, you know, someone that I'm looking at. And then second is a uh, left-handed pitcher, uh, Christopher Sanchez. Uh, under 500 for the year. You know, only pitched in 98 in the third innings uh, for the season so far. But 
could could be a good uh, good arm out of the pen. Uh, can get you uh, can get you some strikeouts. You know, he was three and five, but his ERA was under under three and a half. So you know, he can definitely get get the job done. So I like uh, Christopher Sanchez and Brandon Marsh for the Phillies. Yeah, great picks, great picks as well. I'm sticking with Young Guns. I'm going with Bryson Stott and Alex Alec Baum. Uh, they provided pretty good last year. I think they're going to do it a little bit more this year, especially okay. since they played most of the year. I mean, Bryson Stott, 148, 149 games, mm. uh, almost hit 20 home runs. He could still hit 20 home runs by the yeah. end of the year. Doubt it's going to happen. But 281 <laughs> average, we're starting to see him take off a little bit more. There was kind of, is he going to be the kind of guy or is he not going to be this guy? Well, I think he's essentially going to be the guy, and especially with him coming up in the free agent market pretty soon. Phillies are going to have a decision to make. And yep. I think he's going to want to play every day and, and not just be kind of a utility guy. He's going to want to be in the middle permanently or on the mm. third base. So, uh, Bryson Stott, I think he's prone to having key moments. Um, and he's due and he's going to be a yeah. guy. Same thing with Alec Baum. Alec Baum, just shy of 20 home runs. He's starting to blossom as well. You have two blossoming young Philly players, which that is an embarrassment of riches for the Phillies, especially when you <laughs> yeah, have. Right. Trey Turner, Castellanos, Bryce Harper, obviously, yeah. right? And Zach Wheeler and, and, and Nola and all those guys. So, uh, Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber. So, and yeah. when everybody's looking at them, nobody's looking at the young guys. And I think these yeah. other guys are going to come in and have those big moments. Yeah. So, uh, another essence of sleepers. So, they get the sleepers. Now, Steve, the yeah. Marlins are kind of a long shot here, but if the Marlins do take a wild card, because if you look at the Vegas set lines, they're just not favored no. a lot but if the marlins do get a wild card and sneak into the playoffs steve what are we looking at for their sleepers and man if they get in i think they can do some damage i really uh i, I like miami but first i'm going to look at uh brian de la cruz 26 years old had a solid uh solid season here uh has a chance to eclipse 20 home runs he's at 19 right now so you know he, he's got some got some pop 76 rbis uh I, I like Brian De La Cruz. I, I think, you know, and, and he plays almost every day. He's played 147 games so far this year. So he's out there almost every day. I, I like what he can do. I think he can uh, do some damage once uh, playoff time hits if they can get in. And my second one is uh, Jesus Lazardo. Uh, solid top of the rotation. You know, you think of uh, the Marlins, think of Alcantara. But Alcantara hasn't quite had that Alcantara season uh, of, of last year, so he's Cesardo has got, had to kind of pick up uh, pick up the load here, and and he's done so. He's done very well. Uh, Ten and nine record, three point seven three ERA. He's he's answered the bell uh, when they needed him to, and has been a, a solid top of the rotation arm. And I think he could do could do well if he uh, gets the chance uh, in the playoffs. So those are uh, Jesus Lazardo and uh, Brian De La Cruz. Those are the two I'm looking at in Miami. Mm, yeah, they make the most sense uh, for me. Jake Berger and Edwin Cabrera, Edward Cabrera. I can't believe Chicago White Sox traded Jake. Berger. Yeah, I know. I mean, the guy's yeah. almost going to hit 40 home runs this year. I mean, he's yep. getting awfully close at 34. Probably won't get there. But I mean, right. come on, over 30 home runs this year. I mean, the guy, yeah. you know, going to come up over a little bit over 80 ribbies when it's all said and done, I'm sure. I think <laughs> He could be at the third baseman of the future. I mean, yeah, not Jacob Berry so. in the minors. I think it could be Jake Berger for him, mm-hmm. at, at least a DH if, yep. if they move on from Jorge Soler. But Jake Berger, he, I, I, he just, I think he found a team he is going to do really well with. And, Great. and I just can't believe the Chicago White Sox gave him up and because there was so, so much potential there. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about a guy that's only 27 years old. So yeah. look for him. If he, they make the playoffs, just not understanding the moment to come in and, 
and provide a pack because they had big plans for him in the South Side. They had Jake yeah. Berger and they had Andrew Vaughn, and those guys are going to be the Mash brothers. And it just yep. never quite really worked that way. But I don't really put that on them. I put it more on coaching, development, everything else you and I have talked about all season mm-hmm. long. But Jake Berger, man. Yeah, Jake Berger is there. And then Edward Cabrera is kind of in a Hunter Brown situation. He was... Yeah. Everybody thought he was going to take off, never really took off, but still kept it respectable. And then you're seeing the final month. He's having a pretty good stretch this final month. So, uh, you know, you could at least get five. You can get five innings out of him. He can either they're allowing him to go a little bit deeper. I think that's smart, letting him mm-hmm. try to get out of his own jams. So he only went four innings back on uh, the 6th of September. But yeah, but in those four innings, he had eight strikeouts. So if that gives you any Oof, wow. inclination yeah. of what could happen, I, I think you go for it. I think he is ready to take his next step. But we've seen with Marlins pitchers before, like Trevor Rogers and what have you, that it, sometimes it, the, the slumps are true. Yep. They, they, yep. they start hot out of the gate and then just flame out, right? So yep. we'll, we'll see. We'll see when it's all said and done. But right now, I'm going with Edward uh, Cabrera. Now, Steve... Coming yes. back to the Central now, we have a team that's really been playing hot. Two teams that have been playing hot. We have the Cubs and we have the Reds. Now, we'll start with okay. the Cubs. Steve, who are your two sleepers? Well, I'm going to start off with uh, a guy who I like, not only because he was on my fantasy team, but just he's a fun guy to watch, and that's uh, Christopher uh, Christopher Morrell. Yeah. Uh, he's in a bit of a slump right now, You know, three, uh, three, three for 26 uh, recently, but... You know, in the playoffs, you start fresh, start new, and uh, I think he can uh, get that get that magic back. And uh, if the Cubs can get in, uh, you know, be a potential uh, hero on that team. Uh, obviously, he's got the, the pop in his bat, twenty five home runs, you know, sixty nine RBIs. Uh, I, I like this guy, twenty four years old. I think the future is bright for him. So Christopher Morrell is uh, one I'm looking at, and then second is uh, kind of a low hanging fruit, but Justin Steele. Justin Steele's had a fantastic year, uh, sixteen and five, ERA a smidge over three. Uh, definitely the anchor of that uh, that rotation here uh, going forward. Only twenty seven years old. I, I you know left handed pitcher. I, I I see great things if they can get into uh, get into the playoffs. I think uh, he can help them uh, make a run. So Justin Steele and Christopher Morrell, uh, those are the two I'm looking at for Chicago. How about yeah, you? and low hanging fruit alone. I mean, by this time next year. The, they won't be sleepers. They'll be stars yeah, because exactly. <laughs> I think the, I think really the Cubs have found their core. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so I think by and I think they just came across it. I don't think it was purposeful. Right. Yeah, I, I think, think they, they just they came across it. it. I think they yeah. stumbled on it. That's exactly it, Steve. Uh, for yeah. me, uh, Nico Horner, he's finally nice. figured it out. Right. <laughs> I, I think this guy has a lot of Ian Kinsler in his game. I think he mm-hmm. is the next Ian Kinsler. I loved what he did with the Cubs this year. And and the Cubs are starting to trust him a little bit more. They yeah. gave him 147 games, played 135 last year. So you see his increase, his usage is kind of getting up every year. Right. At one time, people thought he was going to be battling with Nick Madrigal for second base and, and things like that. But I think they really made it a point to show that, Nico, you're our guy. I mean, I thought they brought him up too soon to begin with. But, you know, I mean, the, the dude alone is only what? Well, now he's 26, but he came up when he was like 22. Yeah. Right. So... <laughs> I think finally he's starting to understand it at 26 years old. He gets it. So I think next year look for him to be a sleeper on our fantasy. When we pick our fantasy sleepers, he's definitely going to be there. And the other guy is Jordan Wicks. Jordan Wicks finally comes up. We get to see what Jordan Wicks has. And in his last five appearances, three ERA, but <laughs> flat three ERA, 23 strikeouts. I think this guy uh, right now he's a back end 
a back end guy. He might be, I think he could be a reliever when they get into the postseason, if they get to the postseason, but in the scenario, they're in the postseason. Uh, right. But uh, hard throwing lefty comes with a good mix. I, I really do see this guy kind of going above and beyond in the future. So, especially with having what they have steel in there and what have you, I think Jordan Wicks could be another one two punch with them. So, yeah. Jordan Wicks for me is a sleeper. Now, kind of going out uh, one more into the NL. Central. Steve, we're going with yeah. the hot Cincinnati Reds. What do you got? Yeah. I love the Red story. It's really a, uh, it took us by surprise this year and, and they have so much potential going forward. I think they're going to, uh, you know, if they don't make it this year, they're going to be in next year or, or very soon. Uh, first, I'm going to go with Spencer Steer. I, mm-hmm. I really like this guy, 25 years old, He's been hitting 324 in his past, uh, past 10 games, you know, might even get rookie of the year uh, conversation uh, here, but just a, a great bat, 22 home runs, 84 RBIs. Uh, he's a guy who, like we talked about with some of these other players, he, he might be a sleeper this year, but he won't be a sleeper uh, going forward. I think he's got uh, g- good star potential uh, written all over him. So I like Spencer uh, Spencer Steer. And then um, uh, second on my list is Jake Fraley. Uh, Jake Fraley's had a solid year as well. You know, 259 average. 15 home runs, 65 RBIs. Uh, can steal you a bag too. 21 stolen bases on the year. Uh, you know, 110 games, so only 71 strikeouts. So uh, uh, I think he could, uh, given the right moment, uh, come up big uh, for, for Cincinnati. So I'm going to go with Spencer Steer and Jake Fraley. Yeah, I'm going to go with Hunter Green. Hunter Green has Solid. been pitching lights out lately. I really yep. like what he did. He actually did really well for me. I, I picked him up in fantasy. For the last couple weeks, and he did pretty good, man. I mean, he's he's given it all he's got. And uh, I, aside from his last start, I mean, his last start, he only went three innings. But before that, God, his 14 strikeouts. He's, he, he, one thing about Hunter Green is he's so fucking inconsistent. And <laughs> I think that has to do with age. He's only 23 yeah. years old. Yep. He's another guy that probably moved up too soon. But you know what? Better to learn now than later. And I'd rather have a guy trying to go through his bumps and bruises now going through the trials and errors now than, than at 28, 27, you know, I, I think this was a smart pull up and I think you're going to, I think this guy has a huge few bright future. We always said that when he got drafted, we knew yeah. it was going to take a while to develop, but I think if he got into the playoffs, he'd be fun to watch kind of like a David price kind of guy for sure. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one guy is his catcher. I think that's Tyler Stevenson. I don't think this guy gets enough credit. I mean, he has been their catcher, Kind of named him a couple of years ago as their main guy. And at 26 years old, he is their main guy now. 138 games played this year. And he has really been the reason why the Cincinnati Reds pitching staff has been doing good when they have been good. Not saying they've always been good, but right. they've had certainly have had their ups and downs. But I think they're a big reason that they are developing nicely. And Hunter Green, I think Hunter Green is developing really nicely. So I think that it's that's uh, uh a credit to Tyler Stevenson very much. So he's calling a good game as a hitter. He's eh, nothing. He's not exciting by any means. Right. He'll get you your 50 ribbies every year. What have you, but eh, I, I just really liked what he did behind the plate and he's going to be essential for mm-hmm. uh, this team. If they make the playoffs um, moving to the NL West, we have two teams, Steve, the Dodgers who are going to take the West. Who do you have for their sleepers? And it's hard to find a sleeper on the Dodgers, isn't it? With so I many, know. so many so stars many. on the team, I'm gonna. If I had to pick two, I'm gonna go with uh, 
Uh, one is the uh, aging veteran here, David Peralta. <laughs> he's, 30, he's 35. Uh, you know, you think of David Peralta with the Diamondbacks, but uh, uh, you know, yeah, it's not a bad year. You know, 257 average, seven home runs, 54 RBIs. Uh, you know, just just get get getting a crack at uh, making another playoff run here. You know, he he might come up big if uh, if Freddie or Mookie or any of the others uh, you know, need need someone else to take the spotlight. Let's uh, let's uh, David Peralta do that. Uh, second for me is, is Bobby Miller. You know, we, we talked about Walker Bueller being a sleeper. I think you talked about him last year. Bobby Miller again, twenty four years old, another young uh, Dodger pitcher coming up and having a fantastic year. Eleven and four. 3.89 ERA pitched in 120, uh, 120 in the third innings this year. Uh, you know, he's, he's can, can get the, uh, get the strikeouts, 115 strikeouts. And, uh, he's, he's going to be a nice one, two punch there with, uh, with, with Kershaw, uh, here, here's the Dodgers try to make a world series run. So I'm going to go with Bobby Miller and David Peralta. Uh, for me, Lance Lynn and James Outman, you know, okay. one rookie and one aging vet. Lance yeah. Lynn, I believe, won his last World Series back in 2011 with okay. the Cardinals. I think that's yeah. the, the year yep. the Tigers went. And yep. Lance Lynn, he was the guy. Well, now you're seeing him at the end of his career. Uh, I think he wants to pitch every day. I don't mm-hmm. know. See, it's always hard to see if teams are going to stick with a five-man rotation or four-man right. rotation playoff. I think yep. it's smart just doing four-man rotation. Yep, I agree. But I don't think everybody does that but if they do Lance Lynn might be looking in the outside in but I think mm-hmm. he can provide whether he's in the pen or he's rotation guy especially he knows the moment when you're in the postseason so and James Altman a guy that's just he's been incredible for this team uh, obviously he's not perfect and he has a lot to learn but I think this is going to be their Cody Bellinger <laughs> moving forward and I like him in the outfield so Lance Lynn for me and James Altman are my sleepers Steve going for the last yes. sleepers who do you got for the Arizona Diamondbacks who are hoping to get a wild card? Man. So, yeah, again, like the Reds, another surprise team here is the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm going to go with uh, Lords Gurriel Jr. as uh, one of my sleepers uh, right here for them. And uh, 24 home runs, 81 RBIs, you know, solid 262 average. Uh, just a, a, a nice power bat there, you know, only 29 years old. Nice. Uh, you know, middle of the middle of the lineup give you give you a little bit of pop. So Lords Guriel Jr. is one, and then uh, second, I'm going to go look at the pitching side, and uh, you know, Zach Gallen. I like Zach Gallen. He's uh, you know, over 200 innings this year. Obviously, the anchor of that staff. They're 17 and eight, ERA under three and a half. Uh, look out, you know, between him and uh, Merrill Kelly, if the uh, if the Diamondbacks get in, that's a one-two punch that uh, could be killer uh, in their rotation. So, yeah, I like Zach Gallen and Lords Guriel Jr. Zach Gallen, listen, look Zach. at you—you you basically did what I did with Josh Young. It's like Josh Young isn't really yeah, a sleeper, exactly, exactly. Um, but 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 he, but Zach Gallen's not a star yet either, right? No, he's so not. yep, yep. He's kind, of like, kind of like with Justin Steele and Morrell yep. and mm-hmm. and Jake Berger. I mean, these guys aren't really aren't really in Hunter Green. These guys aren't <laughs> yeah. stars yet, you know, not so. yet. Got to get time. them while while we can call them sleepers. Exactly. Um, I'm going kind of <laughs> kind of the same thing Steve did, man. Merrill Kelly. I mean, these the guys we're talking have been producing with these guys. Merrill mm-hmm. Kelly, I really liked um, his kind of one two punch with Zach Allen and Christian Walker. I mean, Christian yeah. Walker, um, he has became better than Pavin Smith. I don't think anybody's seen wa- Christian Walker coming. He has solidified mm-hmm. that first base role. And he's been their go to guy at that corner. So um, for me, Merrill Kelly and Christian Walker are nice. my sleepers. And that's it, man. That's 
That's kind of it for our sleepers, Steve. I mean, there yeah. it's gonna be a wild postseason. I hate that we're fucking gonna be in October. I just wish they had shortened the season. I know I say this yeah, every yeah, year, dude. but because <laughs> we're balls it's deep in grind, football, you know. Man. Yeah, it yeah. I mean, and postseason I, baseball is fun, but it is. But at this point, I have one eye on on baseball, and most of my other attention's gone to either college football or pro football. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's just hard because. You just, it is. It's such a grind for these players. And <laughs> when we talk about Brooks Robinson earlier, just the amount, I mean, yep. just the amount you're using these players for. I mean, mm-hmm. not Danny McClain and and uh, Mark Fidrich, their careers just flamed out because of the usage. Yep, exactly. It's just exactly. such a haul with these seasons. And I love it. We love baseball to death. And yep. I, once postseason comes, fuck yeah, it's amazing. I'm but all in again. By the yep. time <laughs> September, the end of September comes, you're like, really? Come on, yeah. guys. Really? We should be in postseason by now. Yeah. You're like, I think basketball training camp starts soon. <laughs> right. It's like, come yeah. on, guys. Yeah. Hockey's already in their preseason. Hockey, exactly. Man. Oh, <laughs> shit, man. Yeah. So. Uh, shall we uh, head on over to the Fantasy Factory? Yeah, let's do it, man. We got uh, a question this week okay. from Brent Miller. So I know you probably wanted to say Michael got ousted from the playoffs. Yeah, I was hoping you were <laughs> going to talk about it. It was, man, to have you lose by one hundredth of a point in batting yeah. average, that's pretty much what killed you of uh, going to the championship. Yeah. That's got it. You know, it's going to be a long off season, I think, for you, right? Well, yeah, definitely a long off season. I, I think it's injuries. I mean, you can attest to that too. Injuries yeah. didn't do you any favors this year, like anybody. And, and in, in pitchers didn't help me either. Like you talked about, uh, oh you know, one God. of your pitchers that you'd picked up with, uh, Aaron Savali, you said I yeah. uh, was hoping to go big and I was hoping Justin Steele would have a big day for me and he crapped the bed and you know, he hasn't crapped the bed much this year. So especially when you count on those players to perform in the postseason. Yeah. So anybody yep. listening now who does fantasy baseball, which that's why we're in fantasy factory, of course, when it's hard, man, when your stars go yep. out, it's tough. I mean, I sent Steve my IL list, yeah. and it was just <laughs> Mike Trout the was on there, Sandy Alcantara, or um, Arenado, Alcantara and Arenado. That was the one that really killed me because yeah. that guy was, I just, every year he's done so well for me, and that's yeah. why I draft him because nobody drafts him in the first round, which is wild, yeah. and he just always produces, and I just... I think at one time he was just battling injury for part of the year mm-hmm. and they just shut him down. I think yep. he was having back spasms and they said, fuck it. We're going to shut him down. But once they yeah. shut him down, I was like, You're that's like, it for oh, me, man. So I went to the pool. I did some shopping. I came <laughs> up with like, I got brought, the hodgepodge to, to line up together. Yeah, Tovar back for the, for the classic hits at the beginning of the season. <laughs> and yeah, I worked my hardest just to get there. And I, you know, hats off to the guy who beat me did really well. But he was in coast mode. He didn't have to do anything just because yeah, his team was already set. Where I was like, yep. <laughs> scrambling to put my lineup together. Yeah, and and now it's looking like the guy that beat you is uh is is beating uh, Joe. It sounds like in the uh, the championship. Hey, good for Jordan, man. He deserves yep. one. I, I don't think yep. he's won one since I've been in it. Yeah, he's but he's always in it though. It seems like yeah, he's just right around. So yeah, hats I'm pulling for him, man. I'm pulling yep. for him. I kind of hope yep. he gets one. Yeah, cause Joe's one enough. So yeah, it, but it's cool to see new blood, right? Because if it's yeah. if if the regulars aren't like you and me and, and yeah. Joe, yep. it'd be nice. To, I always that's why I was kind of pulling for our friend Zach, just because yep. uh, it's just it'd be nice to see him get one because he works yeah. really hard on his lineup and you're and just and he started the year so hot too, Dude, he did, man. and just a flame out at the end. But yep. um, 
yeah so that's yeah, yeah. unfortunate but uh, there's always next year right so yep exactly exactly you st- start again no no three peat for you and now you got to start fresh so. you got to start fresh the dynasty yep. has been broken up a little bit yep. a little bit still the dynasty you like, but you're like the warriors you're, you're like the warriors yeah yeah the way or, to season or the spurs from the early 2000s yeah right? wait a season or two before you win another one yeah exactly you know? Exactly. Um and Steve, this is our last fantasy factory of the year, which is, is it? Amazing. Oh this man, we're gonna turn off the lights on the old factory. <laughs> yeah, turn off the old lights. <laughs> All turn right. off the old lights. So we got a question from Brent Miller out of Topeka, Kansas. Okay. He says, um, and this one's actually cool. I saved yeah. this one for I, I saved it. Well, this one came to me, but um I uh I, I'm glad that it came now because I really wanted this one. Uh I'm weird with superstitions, Brett Miller writes, and he says, and acting like my team is a real team. So he kind of acts like his team's a real team. So say he goes, say I'm in a heated battle in this championship game. I got to catch up in certain categories. Do I even, and I don't know where he's at now, but so if he's in a heated battle in this championship game and he's got to play catch up in certain categories, he says, do I even say fuck it and throw my starts, my starters in the pool to pick up others to help stats or ride the wave with what I have. And he also says, to back up this question, Steve, he goes, also bragging, the dude I'm going against is a tool. If I win, should I trash talk? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, send right, a picture of your balls to him. Yeah, exactly. How does that taste? Um, that's a great question. So, yeah, I, I think similar to the way he is. You know, like, I, I at times think of my team as a real team, too. Like, I'm handing out the championship rings. Do I want to... Uh, you know, make sure these guys that have been with me the whole time, make sure they get a championship ring. But, you know, guess what? At the end of the day, you're going for the win. All right. And and if the guys that have been with you aren't, you know, stepping up and doing what they they need to do, you got to throw them to the side and get someone in there that's been doing better recently because, you know, push comes to shove. Once Sunday night hits, you want to get the win and say you got the championship. It doesn't matter who's on your team at that point. It's that you've uh, won enough categories to get the win. So, yeah, you got to cut bait with uh, with people that uh, if they're slacking that have been on your team all year. And I think I did it a few times with with some of my players. Uh, oh, yeah. I think Mike, you said that to me. You're like, I knew that Steve was in trouble when he threw the guy out that had been on his team. I forgot which player oh, was yeah. been on the team all year, and you threw yep. him to the side. <laughs> I saw him in the pool. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Steve's in trouble. Um, but yeah, yeah, desperation mode definitely hit. But um, yeah, no, I, I totally get where you're coming from. But you got to go for the win. So if it means throwing those uh those guys out that he have had for a long time, do it. And as far as trash talking, yeah, guy's a real tool. You <laughs> win, yeah, send him a picture of your nutsack and say, mm, "How's that taste?" Huh? <laughs> all right, cool. So yeah, no, de- definitely, I'm all for the trash talking. So. I love it, dude. I love it. <laughs> Great question. Yeah. Yeah, great, great question. Good, good one to end Fantasy Factory. Oh for yeah, twenty twenty three, man. I agree. I agree. Uh, we're we're at that time. Our last starter yeah. sit championship okay. edition. All right. Well, let's cue the music. All right, man. Starting off, who we starting? Josh Young or Isak Paredes? Josh Young. Ezekiel Tovar or Andres Jimenez? Shortstop. Tovar. Uh, Steve's favorite player, Eloy Jimenez, <laughs> or Brandon Nimmo, outfield. I think that was the player that I finally threw to the curb there when I was trying to uh, to, go, to go for the win. Yeah, like he's done with them. He's done. All right, you know what? Give me, give me. I'll I'll, I'll do him in this. <laughs> Xander Bogarts or Bobby Witt Jr. Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. again or Dansby Swanson. Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, Christian Yelich or Stephen Kwan. 
Quan. Quan, uh, I mean. Yeah. Quan. Um, yeah, Quan yeah. man, the Quan man. Quan man. Uh, yeah. Jared Kalenic or Brian Reynolds, kind of the same player. Wow, yeah. Uh, Kalenic. Uh, Max Muncy or Brandon Drury, second base. Brandon Drury. Max Muncy again or with Merrifield, second base. Merrifield. Nick Castellanos or South Freilich, outfield. Castellanos. Fre- Freilich again or Alex Verdugo, outfield. Freilich. Michael Harris the second or Jeff McNeil sighting. Uh, Ooh, Jeff, Jeff McNeil sighting. Yeah, uh, Jeff McNeil. Give me, yeah, give me uh, Michael Harris. Uh, Harris again or Lords Goriel. Harris. Bo Bichette or Trevor Story. Bo Bichette. Story again or Francisco Lindor. Lindor. Lars Newbar or Ian Happ. Newbar. Anier Diaz or Cal Raleigh catcher. Cal Raleigh. Jake Rogers or Sal- Salvador Perez. Jake Rogers. Ah, go Jake Rogers in your home yeah. runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Walker or Jose Abreu. Uh, Christian Walker. Lane Thomas or Andrew Vaughn. Thomas. And finally, Donovan Solano or Brandon Belt, first base. Brandon Belt. What do we have for waiver wire? Uh, so first up here on the waiver wire for me, uh, here are three players that I'm looking at uh, for this week. Uh, first up is uh, Reese Olsen. He's up 16% in Yahoo Leagues uh, out of Detroit, actually. Uh, 12 innings uh, pitched in the last two weeks with two wins and 12 RBIs and a 1.50 ERA. So Reese Olsen is one of those young arms that is, uh, has done pretty well here uh, for the Tigers. It's been kind of up and down, but been doing great recently. Uh, second is uh, Evan Carter out of Texas. He's up 13% in Yahoo Leagues. He hit 389 last week with three home runs and seven RBIs. And uh, third is uh, Jared Triolo from Pittsburgh. He's up 8% in Yahoo Leagues. Hit 579 last week with a couple dingers and three RBIs. Those are uh, three players I'm looking at this week on the waiver wire. Noise. Good at Reese Olsen, man. I yeah. hope he stays a starter for us. Yeah, get a haircut, though. That, that yeah. I think it's kind of a scary. I think he's got like a mullet look. Or yeah, something. he's ugly enough, man. Don't yeah, yeah, exactly. At least yeah, if you're ugly, do some with your hair. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> Should we head on over to Collection Corner? Let's do it. All right. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Battle of the Third Baseman this week in Collection. Uh, it is, man. Yeah. Uh, nice. One, Josh Young, who we talked about earlier, he's up $6.90. That's a 54% increase. Market price right now sits just under $20. So $19.68. Uh, All of these are rookie cards, of course. His, yeah. uh 23 Bowman Gold, this 23 Allen Ginter Metal Mini, which is pretty dope. And his 23 Tops Chrome number 93. Down, gotta pay homage to Brooks Robinson. Kind of lucky he's down right now because <laughs> he just passed away. So his yeah, shit's gonna go going up. Oh, yeah, 100% will be going up. So I, you guys gotta start buying now. And you got some really good prices on some cards here. It's down $2.95. It's a 6.48% decrease. Market price right now sits around $42.56. I mean, that's the best you're going to get, right? I mean, just because mm-hmm. he's Brooks Robinson. Uh, 75 tops, number 50, a 68 tops game, number nine. And of course, his tops 57, or um, yeah, his tops 57, 328 are all available. What do you guess? Uh, up for me this week is, uh, speaking of the third baseman, Mike Schmidt. He's up uh, $23.37 or 124.11% increase to a market value of. 
$42.20. Up cards includes 1978 Hostess All-Star Team Food Issue number 113 and his 1974 Tops number 283. Uh, down for me this week, a guy we talked about earlier, Mike Trout. Down $12.90 or a 26.20% decrease to a market value of $36.33. Uh, down cards includes 2022 Bowman Platinum number 90 and his 2023 Top Series 1 Game Used Bat Relic. Oh, yep. shall we uh, get the candles out and celebrate a birthday? Yeah, his name sounds familiar. Yeah, right. Right, right, right. Uh, speaking of uh, Mike Schmidt, it's a happy uh, birthday to Phillies great and Hall of Famer Mike Schmidt, born on September the 26th of 1949. Career stats, 267 career average, 2,234 career hits, and 548 home runs and 1,595 RBIs. Spent his entire career with the Phillies from 1972 to 1989. He's a 12-time All-Star, World Series champ in 1980, three-time NL MVP, uh, World Series MVP as well in 1980, 10-time Gold Glove Award winner, six-time Silver Slugger Award winner, (laughs) eight-time NL home run leader, four-time NL RBI leader, Hit four home runs in one game and uh, on April the 17th, 1976. Phillies and number 20 is retired as well as being part of the Phillies Wall of Fame, Major League Baseball's all-century team, and Major League Baseball's all-time <laughs> team. Steve read his entire wiki. I did. That's how I roll. <laughs> so much cool. I like Mike Schmidt. That's cool. <laughs> First ballot Hall of Famer inducted in 1995, 96.5%. Uh, uh, vote on that one. So a little trivia on Mike Schmidt. Uh, Schmidt is one of only three players, along with Willie Mays and Ken Griffey Jr., to win 10 gold gloves and hit at least 500 home runs and is the only infielder ever to do so. I mean, when we said earlier what you want to see out of stats, he has yeah, that's it. good stats, man. I mean, God, I, I playing MLB The Show, they always say this line about Justin Verlander. They say, it's hard to put everything he has accomplished on the back of a baseball card. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Mike with Mike Schmidt. Just reading <laughs> the wiki All thing you read, stuff. it yeah. was like, can you? They got to pick and choose what they put on the back of those cards. They really like, do, man. You want to see everything else? Go to this. <laughs> Go to, here's the website. <laughs> I mean, and it is true too because can you imagine? Just like some players, they'll say who are not as well known. They'll say, "Oh, pitched a no hitter on on their bu-. they'll sign yep. those on their they'll, balls." They'll, you they'll know? throw something, yeah. Mike Schmidt's there. basically like Charles Woodson, like you know the school. He's like, you know the name. <laughs> you know exactly. The name. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Imagine his inscriptions on a ball or something. Oh god, I want it all. All right, you have a second ball. <laughs> you got thirty minutes. It's gonna take yeah, a while. Exactly. <laughs> or he should be a dick and be like, I want this on my tombstone. <laughs> oh, oh man, the tombstone be so huge. <laughs> oh jeez, one of two for his uh, his tombstone. <laughs> yeah, man. he has to get uh, like two tombstones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, happy um, birthday to Mike Schmidt. Yeah, happy birthday, man. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's a fucking show. Woo. That is a show, man. Yeah, Holy fucking cow. man. Big long ass show. Which is way that's weird good. that we had back to back long shows for the end. But it's it's hard because we're setting yeah. up the end of the season. So mm-hmm. it, I'm sure the postseason will get a, a little bit shorter, but it's Maybe. uh this is it for fantasy for next year until next year, which is wild to think about. Can't believe it. Shed a tear right there. I know. Pour one out for fantasy factor. Exactly. We'll see you uh, next year. Yeah, we'll see you next year. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, everybody, thanks for listening to us. We always very much appreciate it. Be a bud, tell a bud. Um, at this point, yeah, we're not. I mean, if you want to send a question, go ahead. I mean, I've gotten questions in the off season before. Okay. So if you guys, you just know where to find us on social media at Michael J. Dalt at Stephen 
Dafford oh three, um, oh two, oh two, and uh, oh, got that. And uh, yeah, I mean that's that's where you find us. But um, we might get some Q and A's later in the season, but or later. But I think w- as we go into the off season, it's going to be more so trivia. Mm-hmm. It's going to be yeah, a little bit different. So, anyways, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, we will catch you guys all next week. Deuces. Deuces.